Non-Toxic Families. This is Jenna Johnson. Welcome back to Non-Toxic Talk. I am super excited about this episode because this is going to be covering the top five things to consider before birth. And whether you're a mama, a dada, or a grandma, this is all really good information. So if you are not expecting yourself, it is something that you can learn and listen about in order to support your partner or your daughter that's going to be going through birth. Birth can be amazing and also a very intense experience. And so I have specialist here to talk with us. Kelsey is actually a mom and she's about to have a baby any day. So she has a lot to say about birth. And so we did a podcast previously together, but here we are jumping into another one. So you're going to hear from her. She's called the lifting mama on Instagram and uh, let's get into it. Hello everyone, welcome back to Non-Toxic Talk. So we are going to jump into the top five things to consider before birth. And if you guys didn't hear the news on social media, I'm actually expecting, I'm about 18 weeks along. I'm super excited. This is my fourth baby, but I am not a birth expert. And so I have my friend here, Kelsey. She's known as the Lifting Mama on social media. And she talked all about amazing birth tips and pregnancy tips last time we chatted. And so she's here today and we're going to talk even more about things that you should consider before birth. And I do have to share with you that she's literally due any day with her third child. (laughs) Due tomorrow, technically. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to come back on. Me too. I'm so happy you're here, and I'm really happy that your family is going to be growing. Thank you. I mean, your family has already grown, but, like, (laughs) you will get to hold your baby any day. Any day. Any day. My kids like to bake, so we'll see. We'll see when this one decides to come. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's very exciting. So, if you guys are in the process of building a registry, preparing for birth, all of these things, Kelsey and I are coming up with a lot of ideas for this podcast. <laughs> and so we're going to be meeting a lot more in the future as well. But today we're going to talk about the top five things to consider before birth. And the first thing we're going to jump into is birth location. No matter where you're birthing, it's important to have somewhat of a structured plan prior to just winging it because you <laughs> yes there's a lot of unexpected things that happen but it's also a good idea to have a plan absolutely so birth location um I think the stats at this point are 98 percent of women in America give birth in the hospital um that number dropped a little as home births got a little bit more popular I guess during COVID um but at this point we're still very much in the hospital birth realm um so As far as birth location goes, obviously it comes down to comfort. Um, But one of the things that I realized early in my first pregnancy was comfort comes from what we know. And we grow up in a society that what we know is hospital birth. And that's just like, obviously, at 98%, it's the norm. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what people think when they think birth. Um, So it can be hard to kind of say like, oh, yeah, I'm more comfortable doing a home birth because... We don't see that often. Um, For me, I don't know why, when I first got pregnant with my first, I just got so anxious about that drive to the hospital. Like, that was right when I got my positive. That was, like, the first thing on my mind. And I was like, I don't even know where that came from. Mm -hmm. But just, like, the anxiety hit. And I was like, 
well, maybe I should rethink this. I still like went to an OB and did the normal everything because well, that's what we're to told leave to a do. Familiar environment, exactly. And go somewhere um, that's not familiar. <laughs> yeah. So, so once once I realized home birth was an option because I didn't really know it was an option, mm-hmm. um, that became the path that we went on, and now we're about to have our third home birth. Um, but birth location comes down to what you want out of your birth, what you want to feel during your birth, and who you want around you. Um, and really kind of narrowing down the birth location on the outset will help kind of answer all those questions. Um, not to jump ahead, but number two is birth team. And I think birth location and birth team kind of go hand in hand because when you think about where you want to birth, part of that is who you want to be there. And obviously if you're birthing at home, your options are a little bit more limited because you're probably going to have a midwife. Um, whereas in the hospital, you could have a midwife. There are lots of questions about quote unquote legitimacy of midwives, I guess, mm-hmm. in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely great midwife options in the hospital setting. Um, that is so, true. so those first mm-hmm. two kind of go hand in hand of birth location and birth team and deciding mm-hmm. who you want to be around you and really kind of what vibe you want for your birth. Mm-hmm. Do you want the bright lights? Do you want the the ER or the OR right down the the hall from you does that give you comfort or does that give you anxiety mm-hmm. and just thinking through all of those options um and like for me knowing that I got to stay in my house in the comfort mm-hmm. of my own space that was where I was I felt safest mm-hmm. so that made the most sense to me I also found a provider that I loved so mm-hmm. that that helped <laughs> So for us moms, like, so for myself, I've done all hospital births and there are some moms that start with the home birth idea, right? I had a friend where this happened and then after days of labor, not progressing, like lots of things happening, she ended up having to be transferred Mm -hmm. to a hospital, get a C-section, which obviously was not her plan, but sometimes birth doesn't go to plan. So having an idea of where you want to be, knowing that it could change. Yes. But if you are like me and you're planning on a hospital birth, like what can you do to make yourself more comfortable since you're not going to be in your home? Yeah. Like, do you have any tips for that? Um, so I definitely think rounding out that birth team is very important. So having a doula as a support person to help you be more comfortable, mm-hmm. to help advocate for you in the hospital mm-hmm. setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I mentioned on our previous episode, mm-hmm. when you are in the hospital setting, and you want things to be a little bit more natural or a little, quote-unquote, outside the realm of norm Mm -hmm. as far as medicalized birth goes, Mm -hmm. um, you might be seen as the problem child. Yes. Um, And I think think there's there's a tension there um, where you're not trying to be the problem child. You're trying to have the birth that you want, and the hospital staff is not trying to make you have a terrible experience. They're trying to do their job. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. having that doula as, like, the middle ground to help have those conversations in a kinder way mm-hmm. um, can really help. <clears throat> as far as the rest of your birth team goes, having people like a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, um, you mean massage, like leading up to birth? Yes, yes. a massage therapist. And yeah. honestly, a lot of those types mm-hmm. of people will also have the option of coming to see you during your labor. If you're in the hospital mm-hmm. setting, I don't know if be allowed in the room that's Mm -hmm. something for you to figure out with your hospital but 
for me, like my chiropractor's on call, my massage therapist is on call for this birth. They're ready to come whenever, wow, that's if so I cool. need it. I never thought about that. Yeah, and labor is a very intense and active sport. Um, so <laughs> having those people that can come and do that body work on you while you're in the trenches mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can be really helpful. Um, and then other people to consider would be a pelvic floor therapist, a straight up therapist, like for mental state, because your hormones are everywhere, pregnancy, birth, and Transition. A straight up therapist, just like a, a mental. Oh, therapist. like a, I'm like, wait, I've never heard of that before. Yes, yes, I love all these tips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and then a photographer, obviously, <gasps> photographer, videographer. I have whatever. never done that. Have you done that in the past for both of our births and for this one too? Yeah. I'm, You're happy you did it. Oh my gosh, thrilled! And now that the kids are getting a little older, they love looking back at the pictures. And like, Aww. I did feel a little guilty because for my oldest, we didn't have a videographer. And so we were watching the video of my second being born. My son looked at me and he said, Mama, where's my video? And I had to break it to him that we didn't have that on video. Um, but having those, just those tangible memories, like your kid is there and experiencing it with you, but they're obviously an infant, so they don't <laughs> remember it necessarily. Um, but having those, those images and those videos, they really feel a part of it. Um, that and is then so neat. With our future kids, obviously, we can look back, and mm-hmm. it's it's fun. So, yes, I love Lauren Rose Photography is who we use. She's phenomenal. If you're local to the DFW area, um, she's incredible. So, Well, I know personally for our wedding, we did photos, and everyone was like, you have to have a videographer. You have to. And I'm like, I don't want a videographer. Like, I just want classic, like, photos, right? Mm-hmm. But then we did our video, and looking back, I'm like, video is so much more powerful like, you have to do it. I was the same way. I didn't want a video for our wedding, and then I was like, nah, might as well do it, because who knows? And it's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And I really regret not having the videos of our first being born. Um, but I think a lot of people get weirded out by, like, the photography and video aspect of birth. Right, right. Um, And I, I'm sure we've all seen the videos on YouTube and, and everything. And the hospital births in the movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I just, I remember meeting with our photographer when I was pregnant with our first and I said, please just no crowning shots. Like I didn't want pictures of that. I was like, I don't understand why people get them. Where are you going to put them? What are you going to use them for? (laughs) And then the way I ended up pushing with my son, I was literally just spread eagle. There was no way around getting those crowning shots. And now they're some of my favorite photos of the birth because it's just... You can see the whole team. You can see my husband behind me supporting me. Aww, and so, like, it, it's so funny because it was, like, the one picture I told her, you don't need to take that. And it's my absolute favorite. That is so, so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, it's funny the things that you, you don't think you want uh-huh. and then turn out to become. Well, and it goes to show how much you change during the birth process. Because sure. you're in a different state of mind. It's just, it's completely different. Yeah. 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 And, and I think the question of modesty is what always comes in Mm -hmm. with birth photography and videography, but it's not, essentially, it's not a a sexual experience. So you're not Mm -hmm. taking pictures of a naked body. You're taking pictures of a woman transitioning from maiden to mother, and you're taking pictures of this beautiful transition period. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very different than... I guess all your other nude photography. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely an event that should be uh, documented for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's it's a life cycle event that we take pictures and videos of our weddings, 
this is just as big, if not bigger. So Well, and I feel like with the changing, you know, direction that everything is going, right? I mean, that is becoming more widely accepted. For sure. To, like, document your birth, to actually do photos, like, all those things. Whereas, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, it was like, everything was hidden. Everything mm-hmm. was kind of, you know it just makes you more curious and wonder like, well, what happened? Nothing was documented. Like I don't see any of that. And so that is also why birth I think can be scary because a lot Mm -hmm. of people just aren't familiar with all of it. Yeah. And so, um, having a place to know where you're going to birth, having your birth team around you, all those things can help. Absolutely. Did we talk about birth team yet? Yes, we did, right? Yeah, we we did a brief overview. (laughs) So I feel (laughs) like Kelsey and I were talking before this podcast started recording and we said literally we could take one topic not even the top five just one topic and like literally talk about it all day because yeah. there's so much to consider and so we're just trying to give you guys top five things and in the future as we do more podcasts because we literally live like 20 minutes from each other you know we're gonna <laughs> do deep dives into all this yes. stuff because even just the birth team like each individual mm-hmm. we could do a whole episode on oh my gosh each person so yes. well I agree with you acupuncturist mm-hmm. which I'm looking for a good one so if you have a suggestion I've not been able to find one local right. that I love um chiropractor is so important that I did in my second and third pregnancy and it was like a game changer in mm-hmm. my first I never did that and I went after I had had my daughter and she's like you have a rib out of place and I'm like, oh, that's where my back pain's coming that's from. It. And she was like, have you ever been to a chiropractor? I'm like, yeah, like not for like 10 years. Yeah. And it's such a game changer. Like yeah. chiropractors, I cannot talk about how amazing they are. The biggest thing to remember for pregnancy chiropractic care is to make sure your provider's Webster certified. Because that that's like the special certification that is all about pregnancy and working with the pregnant mom's body. So mm-hmm. make sure you're looking out for that when you're finding a good chiropractor in your area. So moms, if you're listening and you have not sought out chiropractic care, it's one of the top things in my Facebook group, like everybody talks about in the comments, like it makes sure that everything's aligned. Mm -hmm. It makes sure that your pelvis is like open and good to go. And just everything is, is good because you want your body to naturally feel when it's time and there's no misalignments or anything kind of getting in the way. Yeah. They also (laughs) work with all of your ligaments and making sure that baby has enough space so that breach doesn't become a concern necessarily and the, just malpositioning for the baby, chiropractic care can help a lot with that too. It's pretty amazing. I've actually had friends that have had babies in weird positions and, you know, their chiropractor is able to like help turn the baby just mm-hmm. with like regular care and like having them come in more often up until birth. There's just so many amazing things your chiropractor can do. So yes. if you have not jumped into chiropractic care, you got to find somebody. Yes. <laughs> For sure. So let's move on to number three, which is birth education. So on our top five list of things to consider before birth, why do you think birth education is important? I think because kind of what we've already talked about, birth has been kind of hidden and swept under the rug. And then all of the the visuals that we see in movies and across society, it's just a woman in terror and pain and it's always an emergency. Um, and so actually educating yourself on what what birth can look like um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. also the ins and outs of how the birth process goes because we always hear birth is unpredictable but in reality we know exactly what's going to happen there are very physiologic things that occur in a very specific order um, and yes sometimes women will like dilate and then undilate and things can 
kind of go backwards and forwards. It's very fluid, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we know how things progress. Um, And so having that knowledge can take away the fear of the unknown, um, knowing like to expect the ring of fire, not to fear it, but just to understand like there will be a point that you're going to be stretching and it it will probably hurt. Um, And just having the expectations there, I think can take a lot of the fear and um, the questions out of it. Um, well, especially if you're a first time mom, for sure. That makes a huge difference because you really don't know what to expect. Yeah. You hear a million stories from other moms because oh, everybody's funny. happily ready to share their birth <laughs> story, especially if it was awful. Yes. And that can be scary to hear as well, but just know that their story is not your story. No. And I, I had a client once look at me in the middle of labor and say, this doesn't look like the videos I watched. And I had to look at her while she was in labor and say, that's because this is your birth and your birth hasn't happened yet. Um, But I think kind of on both ends of the spectrum, like you see those moms who are at home free birthing, breathing their baby out and like super silent. Yes. But then you also see like the (laughs) movies where they're screaming their head off and it's horrible. So like you have both ends of the spectrum. Thank goodness for social media, for being able to share those peaceful Mm -hmm. videos. But Mm -hmm. like, I am not a quiet birther at all. Um, So when I got my birth video back, I was like, I feel like I should share this because I'm screaming my head off. Yeah. And that's normal. And I think people don't think it's normal to There's a lot of times in birth education I've heard if you get too loud, then it's like you're out of control and you're supposed to rein it back in. So what, like, how do you find a balance? So I think a big part of birth that a birth education course can help with is just the surrender to the process and being able to understand your body knows what to do without you controlling it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think oftentimes we just, we want that control. Right. We want to feel like we're in control and you really can't have that in birth. Like that's me for sure. (laughs) It's it's having the trust in your body, knowing that your body is going to go through those physiological steps Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do anything for that to happen i mean there are stories of women in comas who give birth what because your body knows what to do no way Mm -hmm. and like with my second i didn't push i didn't push her out my body pushed her out like Mm -hmm. there was no conscious okay you're at 10 centimeters let's push like no one was counting it was just i started grunting and then she started coming out, and I had zero control over it, and it was perfect. Wow, that's amazing. So it's, I think birth education can give that gift to women of trust in their body and knowing that you don't have to do anything. Um, I know people like us will, will thrive on, like, the data and the the steps and all the understanding, like, mm-hmm. the research behind it all. Um, not all birth education courses are like that, and that's great because a lot of women don't want to know, like, the nitty-gritty the oxytocin will rise at this point like thing like the hormone cycle not every woman wants to know that but there's a birth education course out there guaranteed for every kind of woman who needs that knowledge and it will deliver it in a way that that works for you my biggest warning is if you are birthing in a hospital do not take the birth education course at the hospital the birth education courses at hospitals often will include like the physiological birth stuff but more often than not it's just training on how to be a good patient like interesting it's, it's telling you I've never done one I've never done one either obviously because <laughs> I've never birthed <laughs> in a hospital um but I've had many friends do them and 
usually it's teaching you like oh you'll check in and then you'll go to triage and you'll do this and it's it's just walking you through the steps so there are no surprises which is great like you need to know those things Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what to expect when you're going to the hospital but Mm -hmm. there are also not hospital associated um birth education courses fierce lizzie is one that comes to mind she has a phenomenal um autonomous birth like within the hospital course she's a great resource um but there are not hospital associated great birth education courses that will teach you all that like patient stuff Hmm. but will also teach you how to have the birth that you want that's really interesting so after i had my first child literally nothing went according to my plan and i'm not telling you moms to i'm not telling you this to scare you it's just reality and i um i had a really hard time recovering emotionally after that birth because it just was so out of my control and there was just a lot happening and i wasn't educated enough to know what to do and moving forward i was like okay i'm going to take a birthing class cuz i didn't do that before i was like oh i'll just wing it cuz i know stuff can be unpredictable and i don't know what's going to happen whatever okay everybody has their their thing right so for me with my second I took a birth education course I actually did mama natural and it was during COVID and so I just listened to all her videos and she had a midwife that was co-teaching with her and they were talking about like how your pelvis changes and just Mm -hmm. all the physiological stuff right that hospitals don't always address in birthing classes maybe they do I don't know I've never taken one but (laughs) it was interesting because if you like natural approaches like we do um, it was helpful. And so the education piece, even though you hear all these things from society about birth, it's cool to just take a course and feel enlightened. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, especially for, for your audience and the people that, that are gravitating toward non-toxic mama bear, they're looking for cleaner options. They're looking for things that, that won't put toxins in our bodies or surround us with things. And in, birth has become so normalized to have the epidural, to have the Pitocin, to have like all of these interventions that are so unnatural to the course of, mm-hmm. of labor and birth. Um, and we could talk about the cascade of interventions all day. Which we will. We'll yeah, touch we'll on that in another episode. We'll definitely dive a little bit deeper mm-hmm. into all of those interventions. But knowing, being empowered with that knowledge of how birth works, what to expect, can really remove all of those mm-hmm. quote-unquote toxic things that can happen during labor. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, I think as far as hospital versus home birth goes, I think, honestly, if you're birthing in the hospital, you need to be more educated about the course of birth than if you're doing a home birth. Because at home, typically, not always, but typically, it'll be hands-off. Like, you are given space for your body to do what it's going to do. Whereas in the hospital, you kind of have to fight if you want an out-of- the norm yeah. you want people you have a lot of people checking in with you at all times. exactly so having mm-hmm. having the knowledge <clears throat> and the just the empowerment of knowing what's going to happen and being able to voice from an educated perspective mm-hmm. what you want is really important in that setting so let me ask you this question for those moms that are kind of in the middle mm-hmm. right they're like not considering a home birth but they aren't sure about a hospital birth like what about a birth center? Mm-hmm. Like, how is that different? Like, maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely think um, often people say birth centers are a good middle ground. I disagree with that. <laughs> um, because really, when you look at 
a freestanding birth center. A hospital-associated birth center is different, which I'll touch on in a second. I didn't even know that there were two. Yes, there are some hospitals in response to the desire for a more homey-type feeling have have started building birth centers associated with the the hospital. Um, But when you look at freestanding birth center versus home birth, truly there's no difference Mm. in, like, the birth process. It's just a matter of who drives. Hmm. Is mom driving to the midwife or is the midwife coming to the mom? Um, So from my perspective, home birth is way easier because then I don't have to move. (laughs) Um, There are definitely reasons, (laughs) like, like if you're living in an apartment or a rental or you have older kids that you don't necessarily want at the birth, there are lots of reasons to go to a birth center. But if you're talking, like, the birth experience, there Mm -hmm. is no difference. Like, the midwife will have all the same tools. Mm There will be no Pitocin or like an OR down the road or down the the hallway so they're so birth centers don't have drugs correct that's also what makes them different because yeah, okay. it's the same provider it's still a midwife mm-hmm. um as far as a hospital-based birth center the midwife will be under advisement of an OB and there are drugs more drugs allowed and things like that mm-hmm. um and obviously at a hospital you have the OR and all of the everything like the epidural and and all the fun stuff so um if a mom is kind of on the fence I think considering that birth location is most important and the birth team because figuring out what you want for your birth will kind of inform that decision like do you want to stay in the comfort of your own home are there reasons you need to leave the home um there there are a lot of reasons to go to a birth center but if you're Hoping for, like, a middle ground, mm-hmm. it's not really, I think, what people think it is. Wow, that's such an interesting perspective. I mean, I consider it a birth center, but at that point, yeah, why not just do a home birth? Well, and for you, like, with baby number four, you have three kids to consider. So, like, sending them off to grandma and grandpa's might be an option, but it might not be. Mm-hmm. It might be easier to have a babysitter come here and mm-hmm. you leave the, the situation. Mm-hmm. For me, I love having my kids at birth, so... That's the choice that we made. That is but, so cool. Um, there, so there are reasons to go to a birth center, but if it's you want, like, the quote-unquote comfort of medical care, unless it's a hospital birth center, it's the same as a home birth. Wow, that's so interesting. So if you're considering a birth center, there's just so many things to consider. You can so always many. reach out to Kelsey and ask, Absolutely. you know, to do a consult with her one-on-one. Um, I would not be the person to ask about your birth choices or what would be best because Kelsey is an expert. She has so much experience in this area and um, I would be the one that would tell you what kind of products you should bring. (laughs) Which are also important. That is true, which actually we're going to touch on next. So we're going to talk about things that you need during labor. So like whether you're going to a hospital, birth center, you're doing a home birth, it's going to change like what you need, right? But there's basic things that you might want to have like maybe you're going to bring music with you or have music on at your home Um, maybe you're going to have essential oils available or there's all different types of things that you can use Um, so we're going to touch on that a little bit one of the things that's always helped me is just having like coconut water available because it's super hydrating but this can be difficult because if you are doing a hospital birth um Oftentimes, moms that do hospital births are more likely to get epidurals, and they won't let you eat when you're when you have an epidural, and so that can be tough because sometimes 
you don't have access to food, whereas if you're birthing somewhere else, you will, or if you don't have an epidural, you can. And so Kelsey's going to give us her two cents on things that you need before you go into labor just to have prepared and ready to go to make your experience like more comfortable because mm -hmm. we want birth to be comfortable. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, as far as like from the outset, I think the biggest thing to consider is the ambiance you want to in the room. Um, and so especially if you're birthing at a hospital, consider lighting. That's probably the biggest thing I hear from hospital birthing moms is the lights mm -hmm. were too bright. Um, so having things like the electric candles or uh, essential oils diffuser that has a light with it and things like that. Um, I've seen some moms go like all out on <laughs> decorating their hospital room with like twinkle lights and oh, affirmations cute. on the wall. Aww. So there really is no limit. Mm -hmm. um, probably real candles would be a limit in the hospital. <laughs> but um, I also don't use real candles. So, um, But having all of those ambiance feelings uh, the essential oils I think are a big one um, one thing I will say during labor your nose might be a little bit sensitive mm. and so a diffuser might not be the best option w one I think the best hack I ever heard was putting um, essential oils on little um oh my gosh what are they called cotton balls cotton balls uh -huh. pregnancy brain is cotton. <laughs> um, but putting different ones on cotton balls and putting those in little Ziploc bags. Oh. So if you're like, oh, I want to smell lavender right now, yeah. you can smell it, but then the whole room doesn't smell like it. Yeah. So if in five minutes you get nauseous and because of the lavender, you aren't stuck with it. So That's so funny. Well, it makes sense because you think, so you can prepare all day long, right? But when it comes down to it and you're in a different state of mind, there might be some things you don't want. Like, so when I did my last birth, you know, my husband Scott he's just like oh we'll play some music and we'll so he's turning on like Drake and then he's turning <laughs> on like jazz and I just looked at him and I'm like just turn off the music like I cannot hear any music but before I was like oh let's make a birth playlist right yeah. like everybody is different and every birth's different <laughs> I will say <gasps> Japanese meditation music I don't know why my husband has turned that on for both of my labors and I've <laughs> listened to it throughout for both and I'm sure he'll turn it on again for this one. Love it. It's just very calming and peaceful in the background. And it it works. But I agree. The the whole playlist idea, Some for some women it works great. But, like, I'm not throwing any bangers on to my, like, birth playlist because... Like Beyonce or Britney. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, and, and to each their own. Like, some, some women love to dance their babies out. And if that's you, great. Go for it. But, like, my... I need something more peaceful. Uh -huh. and so we just let Spotify funny. pick the playlist on <laughs> Japanese meditation music. Um, so Jenna kind of already mentioned this, but hydration. This is your marathon. And so if you aren't eating, which I know there are rules about it, which mm -hmm. we can talk about another day, um, you need to be hydrating. Your body needs energy. My first labor was 15 hours. My second was seven and a half. And even with that way shorter one, I was snacking. I was mm. hydrating and just staying on top of it because your body needs to be able to sustain and mm -hmm. to push eventually. So it it's really important. Um, coconut water is great. There's also, you can find recipes online for what's called Labor Aid. It's basically coconut water, but with Ooh. other electrolytes in it. Uh -huh. um, so oh, cool. lots of options. Um, those little honey sticks mm. are really good just fast quick sugar quick carbs 
Um, I had Cheerios during my first labor, <laughs> which I don't even have in the house anymore. Um, but just little, little snacky things like that to just keep the carbs going, keep the energy going. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can't have access to all that because you're having an epidural, mm-hmm. is it okay to, I mean, they say water and ice chips, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't even think you can drink juice. I'm not positive what the rules are. And I, I feel like it's clear liquids, which coconut water might be like a skirt in the line. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Just hide it until, you know, people leave the room. <laughs> take a swig. <laughs> I've definitely heard of women doing that, like hiding the snacks. Um, I don't think I would have the brain power during labor to do that. But maybe epidural world is different. I don't know. Um, but as much as possible, you want to think of it as your marathon and... Mm-hmm. Labor is a very intense physical activity. We need to be nourishing ourselves during it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something I'm probably going to tell my husband for this labor is having bone broth on hand. Like, oh, pre-made. interesting. Um, I do have a few cubes in the freezer, so maybe we'll just go that route. But huh. just having that easy protein that way. I love the um, bone broths and the honey sticks idea. I had never considered yeah. those. I'm going to write those down. Well, I made uh, my own little bone broth. Like, I made a big batch of bone broth, and then I I have those super cubes where you can freeze them in blocks. I've been wanting those. Um, I love them. So I have a bunch of bone broth in my freezer for postpartum, but then I also made, like, little ice cube-sized ones, mm-hmm. so I can just have a little coffee cup of bone broth whenever I need a, a That's amazing. So, yeah. Wow. I had never considered that. We know that bone broth is very healing, and I've talked about that on social media many times, but... I feel like it's something that um, if you can make your own, it's it's like a game changer. Like you can buy it from the store, but every time I've made it, it is so much better. So much better. And it's just very nourishing. Yes. I agree. Yes. And then my last one, well, I guess I'll do two more. Like these are actual for labor activities. Activities? <laughs> um, <laughs> having a birth ball or a peanut, a peanut ball mm-hmm. um, just for comfort, like being able to sit on the ball and bounce while you're in labor can be nice. The peanut ball, some hospitals do have them. Mm-hmm. Um, most doulas will also My last carry them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just a, an easy way for mom to get a little bit of rest while also keeping the hips open. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is hot tip that I totally forgot about during my last labor. I'm excited about it this time. Is a comb in your hand during labor. I've heard of this. Yes. I saw it right before I went into labor with my second, and then I just totally forgot to, to oh, grab it Yeah. What before labor. Um, but there's a an acupressure point on the palm of your hand. Uh-huh. So if you put the teeth of the comb down into your palm and uh-huh. squeeze during a contraction, really? supposedly it helps <gasps> what? with with the pain. Oh my gosh, so, I'm bringing like eight combs with me. So I will, I'll, I'll do it and report back. I, I put it wow, like, like on where exactly in your palm? I think it, it's kind of just like in oh, the middle. Oh, like across yep. the middle, kind yeah. of like where your thumb would be. Yeah. And if you look, I think Mama Natural might even have an article about it, but like there are tons of posts on Instagram about it. Wow. Um, I've never heard that. But I, I put it like on top of all of our birth supplies at, at my house and I told my husband like, hey, if I don't grab this, Make sure you put it in my hand because I really <laughs> want to try it this time. That so, is so cool. Little so that, labor hack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely, I can't say from first hand experience yet, but. Well, hopefully next time we do our recording, oh, Kelsey baby. will have a little bundle of joy, <laughs> Earthside, and we'll be um, swooning over. Wait, are you guys finding out if it's a boy or girl? 
there are some people in this room that know what we're having, but <gasps> we're not okay, publicizing. but you're not sharing it. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, so you did find out. Okay, for some reason I thought you weren't going to find out. So, we haven't found out with our two, our first two, um, but I've known since the beginning what we were having because I have very vivid dreams. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My husband said he wanted to find out for the kids, and then <laughs> we we told our kids what we were having, <gasps> and our son was like, I know. When is it coming? What? Really? <laughs> he's very, he, he's a very in tune kid. Like he knew I was pregnant before I even tested. Oh so my like, gosh. What? He's very, he's very empathetic and connected. So and did you tell your family and everything or is he keeping it a secret? Oh my I gosh. Everyone it's a secret. Knows. How exciting. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So well, I can't wait to find out. Very soon. Within the next Two or three weeks. We'll, we'll have a little baby. <laughs> so we're going to talk about number five, which is something that I also did not do for my first birth or after my first birth. And I felt like, um, you know, depending on who you have around you, um, postpartum can either be a very um, lonely experience and you can feel like you don't have anyone because you're just left to care for a child and then it's like you have all these things to do to keep up with your normal life especially if you have kids already um or it can be a very wonderful supportive time just depending on you know who you have and so we're going to talk a little bit about the postpartum period um just knowing who's around you stocking your freezer like tips and things that we need to you need to think about before you have your baby so afterwards you feel prepared absolutely I think a lot of moms can kind of be blindsided by the there's this big ramp up to uh, throughout pregnancy to birth but then no one really talks about postpartum and that's probably when you're most vulnerable Mm -hmm. um so kind of like it's important to plan your birth team Mm -hmm. having your quote-unquote postpartum team in place before you even get there is so important knowing who's going to be around you who's going to be bringing you meals um and if you don't have anybody that can bring you meals preparing ahead of time having your freezer stocked with uh postpartum meals even if you have a great support system throw a few meals in the freezer oh my gosh, i can't recommend that enough you guys because Please. there will be days Prep that meals. <laughs> yeah, there will be days that no one's around and that's fine like you need time to bond with your baby and to have alone time but you need to nourish yourself. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Um, I was actually just flipping through the book, The First 40 Days, this afternoon with my mother-in-law. I have she, not heard of that book. What oh is my it? Gosh, you need this book. Um, <gasps> it's it's wonderful. It talks about the postpartum period. Um, America really <laughs> lacks in the, the nourishing of the postpartum yes, mother. Yes, 100%. Um, and many other cultures prioritize mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. period. Um, and so that book kind of goes through it, some traditions, some wonderful mm-hmm. recipes. I actually just made the chocolate pudding that's like, it's avocado based. It's so good. That oh is making gosh. me hungry. <laughs> well, and it's, it's things like that, that you need the nutrient dense foods mm-hmm. and your body needs to heal and having that, I mean, that had some gelatin in it and obviously the healthy fats from the avocados. So like, it's just, it's a wonderful book. I need that you, recipe. Yeah, you need... I can send it to you um, and then buy the book because it's phenomenal. Um, so having the freezer stocked, having your kind of care team assembled, um, having a lactation consultant on call before you even have your baby, mm-hmm. um, connect with that person. If you're intending to breastfeed, that's super important. 
Um, and then obviously people like your chiropractor, your massage therapist, your acupuncturist, they'll carry through. Um, but yes, having your chiropractor for your baby. Yes. Big thing. That's always my kid's first outing mm-hmm. about five days. <laughs> we go to the chiropractor. That's just become our tradition, I guess. Um, so those, those are all important things. And like, for me, I have, uh, I made like a postpartum cart. So I had everything, I have everything set up right oh, next to my bed idea. with like snacks and my, uh, like some supplements that I just want on hand really mm-hmm. easily. Um, I know a lot of people choose to use the disposable underwear. I have period underwear, which is phenomenal postpartum. Is it? Did it with my last one. I did disposable with my first, hated it, felt like I was getting a yeast infection the whole time, switched to the reusable stuff, loved it. Oh my gosh. So definitely period underwear, reusable pads. And did you make your own padsicles? Because I've been wanting to do that. So I have weird feelings about pad schools one of the main recovery tips that you always see in these like like the first 40 days in traditional um postpartum care for the mother is heat and always really always keeping mom warm Mm. like in in some cultures a mom is gifted a pair of wool socks Mm. upon the birth of her baby to keep her warm and so pad schools kind of are counter to that interesting i've never thought of that and when we're talking about tissue healing wow I think the intention of pad schools is obviously to like help with swelling. So within the first 24 to 48 mm-hmm. hours might be a great option. Um, I made them with my first, used them I think once, didn't even bother making them with my second. Oh my God, for me, I haven't made them. Changer. And it, it works <laughs> for some women. So like if that's your jam, go for it. Make them with this baby. For me, I didn't use them at all, so I'm not going to. So. Well, it's really interesting to hear about the heat and the healing. I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I I was just reading this article the other day where they were talking about if your body's getting sick or you're feeling like your immune system is weak, you don't drink or eat anything cold. Like, you just keep your body warm. Yeah. Because temperature is so important in keeping mm-hmm. your immune system up. So, it makes sense for the postpartum period. Absolutely. Um, and I think beyond nutrition, which is so key in those first few weeks postpartum and really all the time but um thinking about things like your older kids what are they going to be doing while mom is resting in bed um what's your husband going to be doing what like what's your on-ramp back to work if that's what you have to do and kind of maneuvering around the the practicalities of life I mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fortunately and unfortunately mostly unfortunately in my opinion we live in a very fast-paced culture so yeah taking time to rest is very hard for moms. Yes, so I think we need to be very intentional about that. I agree. Um, I personally do a five, five, five rest period. So five days, literally flat in bed, um, to take any pressure off the pelvic floor as it, it's healing. So five days flat in the bed, five days around the bed. So like hanging out in the bedroom, mm-hmm. like on the bed and just staying calm and peaceful and like relaxed. And then five days just like around the house wow so interesting so it's a modified version of what many cultures do of like the 40 days of mom in bed nonstop. um but I think in our society that's honestly kind of the best you can hope for unfortunately um wow that's so I've interesting. also seen some people do like three through three mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. figuring out how it works in your life but that intentional rest is so important and having things like the support system and the stocked freezer can make that even easier 
Now we know that can be really tough if you, you do have a family and you don't have, you know, people around you that can help. Like when I had my third, you know, I was picking up my daughter from school and doing all these things like five days later, you know, but then two weeks, three weeks goes by and I'm looking at my husband and I'm like, I just, I never took the time to rest and now I feel like I'm throwing myself back in and it's so fast and it's too soon and it's like you really have to listen to your body mm -hmm. because you want to be able to recover and um, you need that time even if you're like me and you feel like you can just go on with life and you don't need it <laughs> and you just want to get back to normal. Um, it's definitely important. And so Kelsey and I are actually going to be doing um, another podcast at some point on postpartum because I feel like, I mean, we've been talking for 43 minutes. We could still talk longer. <laughs> um, but postpartum is a huge thing. And I feel like, as she said, it's not given enough attention. And it's always about the pregnancy and we're going to shower the mom. And then all of a sudden postpartum hits and it's like, you don't have enough support. You don't have enough prepared. It's just all these things. Mm -hmm. So postpartum is a really important time. Um, is there anything else, Kelsey, that you wanted to address before we wrap up? Um, I think the the biggest thing is to just be intentional with, with your birth. Because it's one of those things that whether you prepare for it or not, it sticks with you your entire life. You, you will never not remember the day your baby is born. And so being intentional up front will help make sure that memory is as positive as it can be. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a freebie for anyone who's interested. Uh, if you go to theliftingmama.com slash five questions, it can kind of get your mind into that mindset of being intentional and having those, these top five that we've covered today, but also a few, few more things surrounding birth. So you can really get in the mindset of intentionality and having the birth that you want. Because at the end of the day, no matter where you're birthing or who's on your birth team, that's what we want. We want moms to feel like they are in control and they have the power to make this experience theirs. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, such wonderful advice. And thank you for sharing the fact that you have a freebie. That's so exciting. If you guys are not following the Lifting Mama on Instagram, you have to follow her since she is due literally any day. And it's so exciting. And you can you know, follow along in her journey with uh, the birth of her third baby. And we're going to be doing another podcast soon in the future. So just stay tuned, but it will probably be next season. Um, so if you haven't listened to our previous one yet, start there. And then if you do have any questions, of course, reach out to me at mamabearliving at gmail.com. And if you want to consult with Kelsey, how Kelsey, how can they get a, um, a hold of you? If you go to theliftingmama.com, you can find my contact page or just shoot me an email at kelsey at theliftingmama.com. Yay! Well, congratulations again. I'm so happy for your family and your boy or girl. I cannot wait to find <laughs> out. Oh my gosh. But I think Same. I have a feeling what it is. <laughs> but I, I like don't want to trust my gut because in the in the past I thought I was having one gender and mm. then I was having the other and yeah. I was like, what? Like I'm so confused. Like moms are supposed to know, but you know sometimes sometimes you know and sometimes you don't. That's the other reason my <laughs> husband wanted to find out. I think he wanted he wanted me to be wrong. Confirmation. I am a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. All three now. So that is so funny. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Non-Toxic Talk.